Hello and welcome to the Mustangs Report, the official podcast of the Western Mustangs. I'm your host and sports information coordinator, Ryan Robinson. On this episode, we're taking a look back to the fall term and some very successful teams in our Mustangs student-athletes. We had four OUA championship banners making their way back to Western. We had an individual OUA champion, and we had one national championship team in our ringette team. It was a very successful fall, and we're really excited to check in with our student-athletes. Joined now by Chris Riley. Uh, take us through, for you, OUA champion. I know this has been nothing new for the women's ring, rowing team, um, but uh, you know, take us through the, the season. I know it was, it was a crazy summer for you, and then there was, a, there was a comeback halfway through the year because you were overseas. You've been a woman of the, the entire world this year, haven't you? A little bit, yeah. So just to clarify for anybody who's listening, um, I competed in the World Rowing Championships representing Canada in late September. So I missed the first half of the Western rowing season, but I did come back just in time to help out with the OUA championships and the CU championships in my fourth year here with the team. Um, The team did really well uh, without myself and my uh, my teammate, Elisa, who's also competing over in Europe um, and from many different uh, wins over throughout the season and really contributed to developing and pushing so that when we came back, we were able to, you know, take those banners and go for, try try and get that uh, CU's banner. But unfortunately, we came just six points shy of taking that national ti- national title, so uh talk about the 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 factor of the the rowing season is like obviously because you guys like Benny are are one of the teams that are right out of the gate early on you know even as you said with you being away but there's you know there's the 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 novice tryouts there's the the new additions coming into the team there's those folks who are moving from novice up to being part of the uh, the you know the the OUA championship drive group sort of thing how how busy is that schedule Oh, and by the way, it doesn't just end in like October, November. You guys pretty much go all year round. Yeah. So I, as far as I understand, it's a pr- one of the most, I guess, busy sports that we have here at Western in terms of like our time commitments. Uh, we start mid-August or so and have selection running for who's going to be on the OUA and CU's teams because it's only certain people that uh, – I guess, show the best athletic skills that are going to get to re- uh, represent Western on the uh, competitive stage. So we come in and we do a training camp for a little bit and figure out uh, who's going to make up which boats. And we go out and race those boats all season. So we're at the lake. Uh, dynamic warm-up starts at 5.15 a.m., takes 20 minutes to drive to the lake. So uh, we're getting up all – most of us are getting up at just after 4 o'clock in the morning to get to uh, – to get to the lake on time for practice, we'll row there for uh, up to two hours in the morning and then back to campus to make any 8.30s. And then the majority of us will do second sessions. So cross training like bike, run, or sometimes we'll go back to the lake or strength twice a week throughout the season. And then Saturdays, we have regattas pretty much every day. Regatta is like our races. So pretty much every weekend, uh, Throughout the season until the uh, beginning of November, we have racing every weekend, and then we get a little bit of a a breather after we do some indoor testing at the end of November, and then right away, uh, 6 a.m. in the, uh, uh, we call it the erg room, the facility that's indoor training while the lake is frozen, Um, we meet at 6, 10 a.m. to do our workouts, and we train six days a week throughout the winter starting in January and do numerous levels of testing. And then we'll do some, I think we're doing some indoor rowing competitions this year for the first time since my first year, because uh, COVID has restricted us doing any indoor competitions. So we'll be active again once this winter with some indoor competitions and uh, hoping to bring home some wins, uh, I think at Mac two by four. And um, I think it's also indoor rowing championships, Canadian indoors. So. So for those who think that you're just rowing on the boat on the lake for a little bit of time or in the early amount of fall, they definitely don't know. Plus, you have no time for anybody who complains about a 10 o'clock class. Uh, yes. <laughs> 10 o'clock class. Like, I mean, I personally like my 10 o'clock classes because it allows me to have a little bit of downtime and stretch afterwards. But uh, 
Yeah, if you're getting up at nine, we've already we've already done a workout and a half before you're even awake. <laughs> uh, take us through OU's this year. We'll go OU's then then to see you sort of thing. But uh, OUA championship, I know it's had some some variations obviously last year to to make things happen. Did it feel like a usual OUA championship this year, or is it still slowly but surely making its way back? I'd say it definitely felt like an OUA championship for me. Um, it was in St. Catharines at the, uh, the course there on Henley Island, which is where I happened to have my first OUA championship back when I was in first year. And uh, that was really exciting to be back in that environment. We hadn't uh, had OUAs there last year, uh, but it was nice to be back in that environment and the board and the people putting together that uh, particular event did a really great job of organizing it. So it was pretty uh, consistent. And then having the teammates show up and all the parents back and everything this year, uh, we have a massive group of alumni that like to show up to this OUA event and seeing everybody wear purple and cheering us on as we go down the course is something that is one of my favorite memories from Western. When you race with them, it's kind of a, a unique experience that you don't get anywhere else so uh, you definitely feel like it was a, uh, a pretty strong comeback to the uh, the OUA circuit and the OUA championships and for you obviously a couple of wins as I know as your coaches would say we they would probably say well we probably assumed she was going to win but you still have to go through you still have to be out on the lake and battle against everything that is on the lake it's not like you know some some sports i know uh you know the times when things in the water kind of jump up on you can happen uh take us through your performance at ouas because obviously things went pretty well well so at ouas i competed in the double i'm a lightweight so i weigh in uh before i race so i have to be i think our we all have to be under 59 kilograms so under about 130 pounds or so uh so we weigh in in the mornings and then we have our different boat classes. So I competed in two boat classes at the Ontario University Championships and then three boat classes at Canadian University Championships. Um, I competed in the double and the Cox four uh, at OUAs and then added the single for CUs. So the uh, double, it was, uh, it's mo the most competitive lightweight event. For those of you who don't know, it is the only, um, the only Olympic event for lightweights is the lightweight double at the moment. So it is like throughout the, I guess, all of the different levels of sport, the lightweight double is, is the boat that you put your best athletes in because typically it does uh, tend to be the most competitive event. So I had the pleasure of racing with uh, second year Sarah Butler and uh, helping, uh, helping her along in her development and figuring out that out. It was quite an interesting situation because we had a weather delay in the morning, which meant we uh, condensed all of our races to the afternoon because we couldn't go out in the water because it's all foggy. So um, we raced our race and there was two, two heats, I guess, and whoever had the best time won the race. And unfortunately, we didn't have the best time. Uh, so we came second place at OUAs. And then we had the four, which was definitely more memorable of that because it was nice and sunny and... I mean, the water conditions were great for both races, but the four was going to be a straight final anyways, because there wasn't enough entries for heats, but that was all right because we charged off the line. And I think we had like a one and a half minute lead off of the rest of the field, which for rowing is quite impressive. Our course is two kilometers long, a one and a half minute lead in that boat is almost 500 meters. So almost 25% faster than one of the other boats. So that was a, uh, pretty pretty dominant performance from especially we had three girls uh in the boat that it was their uh first time racing in this uh in this i guess cu's category event because those girls did continue with me uh onto the canadian university championships uh and then obviously cu's you bring home some hardware i know you as you said the team was hoping for that one extra shot up sort of thing but uh you know things went pretty well for the group overall uh at that and i'm sure it's probably just a opportunity to the coaches the rest of the team to say you know here's here's the the things we need to work on to get better next year sort of thing right yeah so cus is a special event it kind of it happens on the weekend right after reading week so we're not quite back in classes yet and this year it was once again in uh, st Catharines, and we have uh time or heats sorry, time trials on the Saturday, and then we get sorted into our finals 
on the Sunday. Obviously, you want to be in the A final because the A final is for the uh, medal racings. And as far as I know, uh, both the men's side of rowing and women's rowing, we all made all of our boats that were entered were in the A finals, which is great. Um, especially recovering after COVID, we've had a lot of development that we've had to do within our squad, especially with a lot of athletes uh, graduating. I, there are very few of us that were here um, still with Western before the pandemic hit. So it's nice to see that the athletes are starting to come back and we're starting to make our little bit of a comeback and build, rebuild, which is common, I think, uh, around a lot of the other teams at the at the moment, if you look at the other universities, everybody's rebuilding. So it was a great accomplishment to have all of the women's boats. And I think uh, every every single one of the men's boats, except for one of them. So it was great to have us all in the A finals. And then we came home with, I personally, I won the single and then we won the four. We had a little bit of um, a little bit of a slight issue in the double. It, like the conditions were not great. We didn't do, I think, as well as we wanted to do but you know it things happen and you kind of just have to reset the double was after the single and before the four so we kind of had to take a breather reset and get ready for our next race in the four and we uh it was a tough battle with you Vic but we came out uh victorious on top and that was a pretty special feeling to win my last race as the Western Mustang uh with with those girls we just there was something special in that boat and any of the coaches will tell you that boat just moved it felt great so that was great um in terms of my racing and then the uh our Western women's eight we had a few no uh, girls who came up from novice last year and that eight did really, really well coming, I think, within 0.4 of a second of being uh, third place. So really, really tight racing um, against some schools that are, have some really strong athletes who are also um, on development pathways for competing for Canada. So really, really strong performances across the board on the women's team. And I can say that the men's team is also developing quite strongly um, just in the last little bit that I've seen them. They're working hard and uh Hopefully we get some medal performances again from them this upcoming, like the 2022, uh, 2023 season, I guess. <laughs> I won't keep you much longer, but I know for you, there has been aspirations of moving this thing forward. Last summer was busy, as you said, with some, uh, you know, some, you know, national team opportunities. What's, what's the future of rowing? As you said, you, you said I won the last race as a Mustang. So obviously there is a future endeavor to become, uh, what's the next uh, few steps for you sort of thing. So for right now, I'm just kind of focusing on some strength training. Um, I'm upping my strength training from two times a week to three times a week, just because that's one of the, I guess, uh, weaknesses in my uh, athletic profile, if you will. Um, and then just getting a lot of volume in over the winter so that uh, when I get back in the boat, because the lake is frozen right now, can't actually row. Uh, but when I get back in the boat, uh, so that I can just focus on executing and trying to move that boat as fast as I can. So I'll do some trialing in the spring and um, I'll most likely be at under 23 championships provided that I am fast enough in selection stuff. I'll hopefully be racing the lightweight single at under 23 championships in July, which I believe are in Bulgaria this year. And then I will hopefully be moving out. Uh, the plan is to be moving out to the national training center uh, and train in support of the Olympic pursuits for Paris 2024. Um, obviously, the goal is to be in that boat. Right now, there are two athletes that are a little bit older than me that are in that boat, but the goal is to support that and potentially be in the boat at the start line in Paris. So we're working towards that, but finish the degree in, uh, in May or whatever, the, whenever the semester ends and then move out and uh, try and hit those aspirations, but just work hard for the rest of the semester, I guess, is the plan. Well, first and foremost, congratulations on yet another OUA championship and a couple of awesome performances uh, this year. Thank you for doing this because I know your schedule is still busy, even though the season is still come ongoing no matter what. So uh, thanks for this and, and best of luck the rest of the way. And don't be a stranger. Come back and let us know what's going on. All right. Oh, yeah, always. I, gotta, I really love my Western family. And it's I mean, being from Alberta, I definitely made like a second home out here with my team and my Western family. So. I will always be proud to wear purple. So I'll show up at uh, all of the all of the regattas as an alumni. <laughs> 
Joined now by Ashton Cross, a uh, member of our men's tennis team, our OUA champion for tennis team, uh, first and foremost. Does that ever get old? Because obviously I know the team's got four years in a row. You've been around for a couple of these. Uh, that Does that championship uh, element get old ever? Uh, I Well, I'm particular in the way that I've been around the team since I was like a really young kid. I've been here since probably nine. So like I've known like almost everybody that graduated since then. I've my good friends with a lot of people. So like I'm in a different position, like winning OUA for me. I know some guys, some of the freshmen, we have like, we have a young team, but a talented team. They were like pretty, like they were stoked to win OUAs. And I was like, we almost choked it. We didn't play very well, but uh, I was like, guys, this is like, we shouldn't have even got this close to begin with. And like, this is just another, this is a step for us. OUA is always just a stepping ground to like what we want to like be. We want to win nationals. That's pretty much it. Because we all we always tend to always win OUAs and then we never win nationals. So <laughs> I, I didn't know how much you wanted to play on the the, the, the family business that is uh, the men's tennis team. There's a there's your brother who's playing with you. Dad's coaching. Uh, you know this has been uh, you know something that you guys just kind of have in your blood down there. It's a basically if you go to the tennis bubble, there's usually a cross somewhere in there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Between between myself, my sister, my brother. Uh, yeah, we're pretty well known for tennis, especially in London, even Toronto. So it's kind of it's interesting. But yeah, I know the first time I show up on campus, I, I was I, I was in Toronto a lot because I was on like the Tennis Canada team, and um, then I was like traveling. I was not really around London. I kind of moved out when I was like thirteen. But when I came back, it was crazy. Like every time I walked in the bubble, it was just a, like a familiar face I haven't seen in a while. So it's, it's interesting. It's cool. Uh, take us through this year, obviously, because I know for for those who don't know, obviously the tennis schedule is, is fairly short sort of thing. You only get a couple of competitions. Then you guys are right into OUAs. You're, you're kind of one of the first ones out of the gate sort of thing per year um, to not only, you know, get through through to, you know, competition, but then OUAs sort of thing. How, how quickly is that schedule to kind of get, especially as you said this year, a young team to gel yeah. together towards the OUAs? I think it's better, honestly, that it's quick off the bat. It's hard to really get court time, especially in London. So that's not bad. Also, the way we recruit, especially the in the beginning, this year especially, a lot of the, like the freshmen when they come out the gate, they're really they're already completely trained. They don't really need that much training. They just need to be a fit into the system. But it's not that complicated. Uh, take us through OUAs this year, because as you said, things got a little tight, sort of thing, uh, in competition-wise. But uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, you, Toronto comes in yet again, and you send them back home with a silver medal. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Toronto is. I, I don't think people understand like the, the like the rivalry between Toronto and Western, especially like the young ones. So people are in the freshmen, like like the freshmen. Like I'm just I'm a second year, but I've been like I said I've been around the entire like system since I was young. Toronto's like our like toughest competition every single year, and we show we showed up like we played. I played my double match like very well, surprisingly. We won that, but the other two matches, Toronto did some like well, like their number one doubles isn't very good, so it was we, like we should have won, and then their two or three were good. We lost a couple tight ones there, and then our team just seemed like flat almost. Like we were, I I lost my first set, like pretty much everybody lost their first set, and we were down three, except for the freshmen. The freshmen just killed everybody, but uh, the older guys. We were, we had some weird, like, we weren't playing great. And we were down three or, yeah, two zero at one point, And then we were down three two. And I was down the sets. Another court was down the set. So we were, we were pretty, like, I was looking, I'm like, there's no way we're going to lose to Toronto. We can't lose to Toronto. And uh, somehow, like, I was able to put it together and win my match. And even, the, like, I remember looking at like the, like the other courts and then going to my brother's court and he was down and I didn't think he was going to lose. I was like, oh God, this isn't good. And then I was number six 
that was like a tough match for us. We lost it last time. We beat Toronto like in the like the pre OU eight. We won five five one or five two. I think five two, but it was over. And we lost one of the matches we lost was the line six. So I was like, that's not good. And then our line six ended up playing like very, very good match. He was winning somehow he was winning five five three in the second so i was like okay we'll we'll be able to pull that off and then it was just up to me and i was fortunate my guy had an injury so i was like okay this is fine we're good and then i turn around i thinking i'm gonna clutch it for the team and then the other guy comes back i wasn't really watching the match but i, I saw him come back and like, oh my god this is not good and we ended up I ended up winning. The guy ended up losing. The person that stakes Eaton ended up losing the set. So it ended up being the third set. And we were ended up being down 5 1 in this, or 5 1 or 5 2 in the third. Pretty much was like, I'm like, there's no way. Like, there's just, there's just no way. And um, then it was 5 2. The guy had, Toronto had two match points. That's probably the closest. I think this is the closest they've ever gone to beating us in a while. And they were they had two match points the guy choked and he was my friend so i was like chirping him on the sideline this it, it was fun but uh he ended up choking like miserably choking and he like he double faulted and then he didn't had a good point so he was pretty he had two match points he double faulted and one of them like badly like a very like didn't even hit the net. Like it was a pretty embarrassing, but he ended up doing that. And then Ethan ended up having a good point five, and then it ends up being five three. And then somehow he ends up clutching at seven five. And that was like, I mean, if this isn't meant to be, like we got we got to win nationals now because we were down two. We we're down Shane, which is normally a lineup player. He's on the men's hockey team. He got hurt playing hockey. And then we also lost Matt Mueller, which is normally one of our top four, top three guys. So like having two people on roster normally that is not there was like not great it was like unfair and fortunate so i feel like this year we like we have a very good chance of winning nationals last year was like tough but this year i'm like trying to get everybody motivated to be like this is like this is our year we're talented enough to win like we have a lot of talent we just got to put it together especially in the summer we're like we all have our internships a lot of guys are in ivy so they're doing their business internships so it's harder but like i mean to have that national title like i came to western telling my father like i was thinking i was going to transfer go to the states but i told them like i am going to win a national title for you don't worry like that that's my goal so i i, I gotta stick to that goal and make it come to reality well and now we have it in recorded fashion so you know, we'll just we'll, we'll just take this when you do win and replay it and it'll be very fun um <laughs> The other thing too, before we, I know we've only we'll only get hold you up for a few minutes, but um, your power game is probably one of the best, if not the best, in the OUA. How much do you rely on the power game? But you you can throw that power game in, and then all of a sudden just drop in a nice little finesse element. How much do you kind of yeah. enjoy that aspect that you can do kind of both sort of thing? Because most players in you know in tennis sort of thing, they go one way or the other. You got that ability to go both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's weird because I was talking to one of my one of the guys on the team and he was laughing because when I was younger, I was like super, I was never the biggest. I mean, I guess for tennis, you like the taller you are, normally you can hit bigger if you're taller. Uh, but I was never the like a huge hitter in a way. And so I've always got like, was like raised to be like crafty my father was played for georgia for doubles so i was raised to be a good doubles player and like have hands and he's like and then now like when i see you play and then when you practice you just hit the ball super big and hard and it's like it's completely different and like yeah it's 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 weird to see my game like transform that way but i do enjoy it also i feel like for western tennis court that like people that have played there at least they're very fast and we get used to playing a certain way to like win on those courts. And when people come to our courts, they they hate it. They're, it's like the worst time in the world for them because like they're not used to having no like like very very quick courts like that. So it come it's an advantage, and I've kind of like 
transform my game style a little bit to play on those type of courts. Ashton, congratulations on another OUA championship. I know you're you're looking for that uh, that national championship, especially when it comes uh, summertime. So so good luck with the training uh, and getting through the rest of the semester, then training for nationals. And oh, I know all those other seven thousand things that you have going on at the same time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Joined now by the OUA women's champion in golf, uh, Riley. Good to see you. Uh, I know it's it's been a little while, but uh, I got to see you on the weekend for the uh, for the celebration of uh, fall sports. But uh, I know the season's been gone a little bit from now. But uh, how 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 clear and how consistent is it still in your mind of how exciting that tournament was? Honestly, it still doesn't uh, feel surreal. And thank you for having me. Uh, really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Uh, but yeah, it does not feel real yet. Um, it really, I don't know when it's going to start to sink in, but <laughs> it's been a couple months. So yeah, it just, it feels good. Uh, take us back to the tournament itself. Obviously for, for those who don't know, it's a two day event. It's, it, it, it was not the easiest of conditions at that uh, point in time. So, um, you know, it, the, the initial detail sort of thing. Take us through the two days. Obviously, you're, you're you're leading after the first day. I know when golf fans always talk about taking the lead into the final to, to round sort of thing. Were you feeling all those elements? Yeah, so the tournament was in Ottawa. So I was definitely far from home. Uh, I was just myself and my teammates and our coaches. Um I was actually away on holidays the week before. It was my reading week in, at the Faculty of Education. So I went down to Myrtle Beach and played a couple courses down there with my dad and drove back 14 hours um, on the Thursday. And then the Friday I woke up in the morning and drove to Ottawa by myself. Uh, it was quite the trek. <laughs> uh, 20 plus hours in the car for two days. And I actually missed the practice round so I really didn't know what to expect going into uh, Saturday, day one. And you know what? My game just felt really good from the week prior. And it just, I was 73 after day one and I had a, a stroke lead. Um, yeah, it just, my game felt really good at that point. Um, it was mid-October. So conditions were, were pretty difficult, especially coming from Myrtle Beach. I kind of had to deal with that um, cold, cold weather. When we started uh, both days, I think it was maybe four or five degrees outside. Um, so it was chilly. It took some time to warm up. But no, after day one, I felt really good. But I don't, uh, I've played competitive sports my whole life. Um, so I, I don't necessarily get caught up in leading the tournament after day one I go into it kind of thinking uh every day's a new day and we'll see how it goes from there and thankfully um luck was on my side and I pulled through with the win uh talk about the performance because those those tournaments aren't easy to win there's a lot of uh there's a lot of great competition on your own team let alone the rest of the OUA um, you know, what, what was it about the, the day two performances that, you know, we that was able to finish it out sort of thing? Yeah, um, just a little background. Uh, my team, we won three or four tournaments individually this year and won quite a few um, as a team as well. So after winning OUAs as a team last year, um, we kind of went in with high expectations. Um, Lexi on our team, she played Division One in the States. There's a couple other girls that played Division One um, at uh, OUAs that were on different university teams. So I knew the competition was definitely tough. Um, and Kira's been awesome on our team as well. She plays, she's from Barbados, so she played on the Barbados national team. And just really thankful for their support. Um, but yeah, conditions were tough. Uh, players consistently shooting in the 70s um, and and that's really good golf especially uh, for conditions like that when it's so cold the ball doesn't fly as far um, so yeah no, it was it was tough but I wouldn't change it uh, change it for anything 
not only do you take the obviously overall win as the individual, the team gets a, a silver medal finish as well. Uh, you walked away from that tournament with a heck of a lot of hardware. Is it hard to find places for it all at this point? You know, last year with the team win, you get the individual <laughs> win this year. Is it, It's a good problem to have, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? For my university career in golf, I've been pretty lucky. Um, I've had an individual title in a tournament and then um, winning OUAs, obviously. Um, but actually kind of funny, the, the trophy is sitting in my living room right now. <laughs> my parents uh, have given me a spot to put it for a year and then I'll have to, have to bring it back, unfortunately, um, for next year. But yeah, it's, it's in my living room. I also got a, a dormy head cover. So these, it's like, it's a head cover that's made out in Halifax from Yak leather and um they were gracious dormy was gracious enough to donate over a thousand dollars worth of head covers and in golf if you know golf the dormy head covers are what you want so i was able to get one of those too so yeah pretty happy uh overall i know the the season's fairly short obviously and got to be as far as teams for our mustangs probably one of the shortest uh obviously feeling pretty good about this season for your group kind of thing. Cause obviously, as you said, you've had some new members join in the last couple of years and uh, you're kind of, you know, hand, handing it off in, in a good way sort of thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the future looks bright for Western golf. Um, hopefully I'll be back next year. Um, but there's a lot of young players on our team and I'm glad to pass the torch to them eventually. Um, I think that Western's in good hands on the golf side for sure. Uh, and looking forward to, and as we go down the line sort of thing, uh, who are those new members that you're kind of going, uh, you've seen a few of them now and you're kind of going, all right, this, this one should be good. That one should be good sort of thing. Uh, uh, what, what is the, the, those key elements of those key folks sort of thing? Yeah. Um, like I said, Kira's been awesome. This was her first OUA uh, tournament. Um, I think we can expect a lot of good things coming from her in the future too. Uh, Lexi is uh, pretty consistent in a good way. Um, just from playing D1 golf, she brings a lot of experience on the team um, and has played in a lot of a lot of competitive tournaments. And you know what? There's there's there was actually eight girls on the team this year, um, and I I only played in a select few tournaments we try to give everyone the opportunity to play um in oua tournaments throughout the year and from what i've seen we look we look really good and i think that uh with continued team bonding and practices um our future is bright at western for golf well riley i appreciate a bit of your time and uh just a chance to give you a congratulations because I, I know some people sometimes Especially, you know, we have team sports, we have individual sports, and then golf just kind of throws a little bit of both together. How, how, how much is it that an enjoyment element of pretty much every tournament you're playing, you guys are playing for each other, but you're all playing your own game too? Yeah, I think, I think that's the nice part about golf. Um, I grew up playing team sports, and I think that having teammates to support you, so, so just a, a backdrop for you, how golf works is you have four for the women's side, four girls compete and then you take the top three scores. So it gives uh, everyone an opportunity to um, play hard, but at the same time, play for yourself, but at the same time also play for your team too and, and know that what score you put up uh, individually also affects your team. So it, it's kind of the best of both worlds in, in that sense for sure. Well, Riley, appreciate a few minutes of your time, and uh, best of luck as things go forward. Feel free to win a few more things. We have no problem, you know, gushing about you guys at any time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, Justine, uh, first and foremost, I know I've, I think I've said this already in person before, but congratulations on another OUA championship. Uh, I know for you, it's it's got to be pretty exciting. I know the last year you had won a Rookie of the Year. Things may have come up just a little bit short this year. Come through, win a championship. Uh, how much better did this year's win feel versus last year's event? Yes, definitely. It was definitely a little bit different because last year we hosted OUA, so it was on our home 
home turf and we did end up losing so that definitely stung but this year it was in Toronto and it was honestly it was an amazing feeling a great win it's my first time winning what my second year here and my first time winning OUAs and it was honestly incredible like it was such a great feeling to win it with these girls all these girls that I'm really close with and we had such a great um, training season so it just it was very very special for us uh, talk about your group sort of thing because I know that it's it's a tough part with with every one of our teams but it's the same thing with you guys so you get to a couple of people who graduate I know you've had some really marquee players in the last couple of years with that team now you go from being one of the new members of the team to almost like the veteran of the team and a really fast succession of time talk about the, this group this year and kind of what they were like and, and how what that process was like to kind of get everybody also how quickly your season happens. There's not a whole lot of time for everybody to gel together really quickly too. No, it was, we were very fortunate because so last year we did lose or three of our three out of six were seniors. So three of them graduated last year. So we were, we were a little bit worried at the beginning because we were like, Oh my gosh, who's going to fill, who's going to fill these positions. And we got extremely lucky. We knew that Anna and Grace were coming in who were great tennis players. But then when tryouts started, Lauren showed up kind of out of nowhere. We had no idea that she was coming. We had no idea how great of a tennis player she was. So when she came to tryouts and was like storming past everyone, we were like, yes, thank goodness. Um, so we were able to fill out our lineup uh, really quickly. And luckily, the three girls that came in were, they're all very dedicated. Like they played uh, at a high level in high school and they were ready to come in and compete. So I think we were very lucky to have a, have a team that was really passionate and really cared, really cares about tennis. And then talk about the, the group dynamic in general, because you've got some, you know, you have some really good heavy, you know, heavy hitters sort of thing. You've got a lot of great finesse players. There's a little bit of everything in your group. You're, it's not a scenario where it's kind of centered one side or the other to, to what the talent level is. No, very true. Especially in women's tennis, it can be a little bit harder to get that variety. Um, because women will tend to play kind of like hard and flat and uh, stick to the baseline. But our, all, like our, all of our team, we all have very different playing styles. Um, so I would say I may be more of like a typical women's tennis player where I will kind of like stick to the baseline um, and like battle it out back there. But then we have Lauren who really loves doubles and she loves coming to the net and playing with a lot of variety. And then we have Grace and Carly who... They, I wouldn't even say that they're very similar either, but they are just like grinders. They can grind everything out. Um, and Anna, let's say Anna and Paige probably play the most similar where they have so much power and they can really just like overpower their opponents. Um, and Kate and Abby, they are great. Even in, they didn't get to play that many matches um, this season, but in practice too, they've really improved. And um their consistency has gotten amazing and then same with Rhea she was able to play a few matches and really improve her game as well in terms of like consistency and variation so all around we definitely had a very solid team um, and everyone could rely on each other and we all brought out the best in each other I would say one of my favorite things from the women's tennis team is watching the opponent when they have to play Paige um you yeah. just see some of the players just going how how am i going to deal with this because most people may or may not know Paige is also on the wrestling team she kind of has a little bit of power and even though she was dealing with a shoulder injury throughout most of the year i think even times i a couple times when i was out to to the bubble to kind of get, get some photos and stuff for you guys i was like you just kind of look and you could just see them going i i'm just you know, I'm not even going to try because it's just going to probably be a problem. So um, no, kinda, so I'm sure it's probably a similar situation for you guys too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, even in practice, when you, you come up against Paige, you really have to be ready because she's going to blast the ball at you if you're not ready. And I also want to mention, I actually did for, forget earlier, I wanted to mention Danny as well, that she got to play a few like doubles and singles matches. And sometimes she struggles a bit with footwork, but I think she played a very, few very important matches, even like in the OUAs and... I think she also improved a lot this year and her and I think it was Kate. They played doubles together. They played some really great doubles matches. So, yeah. 
take us through OUAs because obviously you get into that. You know, the, there's the the couple of weekends to basically you know up against a couple other teams to get you guys prepared for OUAs sort of thing. Uh, you get to OUAs. I'm sure you guys were thinking we want to see Toronto at some point because there's probably that little bit of a, we want the payback element. Uh, what was OUA's like? And then finally getting through to, to that match against Toronto and then finally getting that chance to, to take them down and get the same point. Mm-hmm. So we, in the season, we did go undefeated, which gave us confidence, but it definitely wasn't something that we were taking for granted because even though the season was great practice, we didn't actually count for the rankings. So we came in, seeded number two based on the results of last year's OUAs. So we played every day. I think U of T got a bye in the first round, but we played um, every day, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. And we just, we, we kind of took it one match at a time. Like we believed in ourselves. We knew that we could make it to the final and we wanted to, so that we could have the rematch against U of T. Um, but still every single match leading up to that point, um, we were very focused and we, weren't relaxed at all. We we knew that we couldn't take any of the season's results um, for granted. Uh, what? How special was it, and how much did it mean to get that trophy, get that gold medal? And I know you know there was a couple all stars in there. There was a couple awards. You got a couple another coach of the year award. So that that's got to feel pretty good for for obviously the coaches side of thing. But how how special was it to get the banner, get the trophy, and the gold medal to kind of take all the hardware home? Mm -hmm. Honestly, it was incredible. I think it meant a lot to the team and even the coaches. So our coaches, Chantal and Matrick, it's their second year. It's only their second year, first official year as our coaches. And they both have normal jobs and they take a lot of time out of their schedule to come and coach us during the season. And they are just such like positive lights. Like we definitely love them as coaches, Um, well-deserved coaches of the year and I think winning it for them was very special for me, especially winning it so early in their coaching careers. Um, and then just for a lot of the girls also, like, you know, there was mo- lots of theirs first OUAs. So winning it on your first time hopefully sets the precedent for wanting to come back and to keep winning it in their next years. And then even for me, it's this will be, it was my, well, next year will be my last year. So it was very nice that, you know, hopefully I, we want to repeat next year, but um, if not, then this win has, was definitely very meaningful to me. Uh, and the fact that you've got a younger team that can kind of work together and carry forward sort of thing. How how special is that? Because you got to, you know, as you say, the opportunity to come back and do it again and hopefully make that happen. But obviously there, there's maybe going to be a little less turnover sort of thing. So you guys can stay together a little bit. Or is that is that the hope? Yes, that's the hope. I think everyone should be coming back next year. So hopefully we'll have a very similar team, which is incredible because then we have that expectation that we know that we can do this. Um, Let's train hard and do the same next year. Uh, And obviously when you win or you're, you know, in the, in the contention of OUA championship, there is a national championship uh, in the summer. I know we were talking to the men's team earlier uh, and they said, you know, they're, they're gearing up. They're, they're hoping for that, you know, success at, at nationals as well. Uh, how much is that a big part of the, the calendar for you guys? Cause I know it, it separates very lengthy on the calendar from one to the other, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, how much is it to, does it make for, you know, even though the season in the Ontario kind of the university Ontario level is fairly short, you still have that mm-hmm. session, then the long period of time and then a national championship in the summer. It definitely helps staying motivated during the rest of the year. Because even though, like, since they are so far apart, it gives us a reason to continue training. And even in the off season, like now this um, winter semester, we have we still have practice. So it's a motivation for the girls to still come out and, you know, not get rusty in between all the months that we have to wait. And I think it plays to our advantage now that we have a bunch of new, a bunch of rookies and a bunch of um, new talent on the team because they are very willing to put in the work and practice over the summer. Whereas sometimes like older, like that's not, not that they're over tennis at that point, but they aren't as motivated or they're doing like they're, they have jobs or they have internships um, where they don't necessarily have the time to practice during the summer. Um, And nationals happens late August. So it is quite a time difference from when we played OUAs. But I think that this year in particular, we definitely will have a team that's ready to go in August, which I am very happy about. 
Well, congratulations first and foremost on the OUA championship. It's awesome, uh, but uh, we'll be keeping a close eye. Come, uh, come, come that uh, you know middle of the summertime when uh, when it's almost. Uh, I know for me and my job, I kind of almost feel like you guys kick off the season for me because I'm kind of like, all right, women's uh, men's and women's tennis. If they're at nationals, we're gonna pay attention to them. Then we'll get into fall sports. So, uh, looking forward to that. And uh, thanks for a few minutes of your time. Appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. OUA champions, we would be remiss if we did not talk about our football team. Dan Valente, Zach Fry joining us. When you want to talk about championships, you go on both sides of the ball. And ladies and gentlemen, we got two of the, the best added on both sides of the ball. First off and foremost, um, Zach, I don't mean this in a bad way. Danny has a haircut. It may be the biggest story of 2023 so far. <laughs> up, I've, I've I've said it before a couple times. I, I saw it earlier this week, and I, I I may or may not have been a little frustrated for the fact of the amount of times I've had to try to edit around the haircut <laughs> to uh, make sure you got cut out uh, cut out situations. But uh, nice to see you both. I know it's been a while. First and foremost, uh, Zach, to you, what did it mean to win another Yates Cup? Yeah, um, just being at Western and you know getting the chance to play in these trophy games is huge and. And I think, you know, last year was pretty cool, too, when they ate it up. But I think it's even better this year, being able to play in front of our fans and, you know, have my family there and instead of them watching on TV. So I think any time you can play in a trophy game like that at home and in front of the fans, it's, it's definitely really something special. This is how dedicated Danny is to all things Western. He's out for dinner with the family and still doing the interview. Uh, appreciate it, Danny. Good to see you, as always. Uh you, you said at the start of the year, you came back to win some championships and do some big things this year. Uh, how important was it for you to get that Yates Cup uh, again and basically almost, uh, I know that's kind of the expectation, but it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, Zach kind of encapsulated it all in what he said, but basically being at home my final year, uh, getting to play in front of our fans, get one, one of the three trophies that we, we set out to get. Um, you know, we, we overlook kind of the Yates Cup sometimes because the big goal is always the Vanier, but it's a, biggest, it's a big accomplishment for sure. And uh, in the big picture of things, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Uh, Danny, right back to you. You beat Queens for the second year in a row. We all know that there's that little bit of a rivalry between the two. Uh, how important was it to, to get that win over a team that uh, you guys, you know, you blanked the year before, but you knew they were they were gunning for you guys coming into that game? Yeah, you know, like the Western Queens uh, rivalry, I guess, is one of like the oldest rivalries in Canadian football. I don't know, maybe even football, but um, it's it's always a great just to be able to, you know, say you're in the wins, the winning side of that that historic, I guess, record. You know, um, so uh, it's a great thing, great program, and to have them come back to back years and beat them in back to back Yates Cup's pretty cool thing. Uh, Zach, for you on looking on that, obviously at their defense in that game, sort of thing. How tough of a task? Was it to take down that group? Yeah, they're they're some of the best coached players in, in the country besides guys like Danny and our defense. But uh, you know, when they come in there and you know talking before the game, all you gotta do is stop the run to beat Western and everything like that. And then you know, a guy like Keon goes for two hundred yards and then it opens up the pass game, get you know Hillock, and then every every weapon we got, Griff, Savvy, uh, Nixon, Seth, everyone involved in the game was was truly special. And just to put those points up and our defense to, to play really well like that. It was, it was a special game. Uh, Danny, for you, I know that it came a little bit uh, you know, around that same Yates Cup time, but uh, the award uh, came in, in and around that vicinity for uh, you know your, your stand-up defensive uh, player of the year award. I know the guys were the guys and the team were giving you love. You were trying to kind of downplay it at the time. You know, you're proud of your accomplishments, but it was all about the team at that point. Now that you've had a little bit of time to to th think and sit on that one a little bit, how how special is it that you got that award in your final year? Uh, it's it's really special, you know, to have my name again put up in the like the history books, I guess you could say, around that trophy with all those other great names and all the other Western guys. Um, it's something really special to me. Um, you know, it's something I worked for. It was a goal of mine. So just to see it come to fruition, it's awesome. Uh, Danny, how important have you, have you have you sent the message along to some of those younger guys that are that are going to take over that defensive side of the ball? I know there was so much talk of the fact of you and Gleason being so in sync at all times. To you looking at what a couple of the guys and going, hey, now it's your time to take over my spot, sort of thing. Oh yeah, there's a couple of guys I've definitely been in their ear about it. The guys that I know can handle it and. The guy that I know they have the leadership abilities. Um, 
you know, I, I honestly, everybody, not just single guys, but everybody, I'm telling them, kind of trying to leave my mark and tell them this is how the culture's been and do what the old guys did for me when I was a, a young guy just starting out. Uh, for both of you, I know there's been a, a, an official announcement of CFL contracts and, and so on and so forth. Uh, Zach, first to you, how excited are you for, I know, the fact that you were you drafted, you were in the camp already. Uh, it looks and feels like this is kind of the, the next step to you playing pro ball. Yeah, just really excited to get back out in SAS. I'm going to miss it here in London. Been here my whole life and time to finally take that step. And, you know, I still got another year of eligibility, so keep the OUA coaches on their toes a little bit. Who knows if I come back for one more. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm excited to get out in, in Saskatchewan. You know, it's a great fan base and, again, a great team. And uh, the Mets really gets me there when I was in camp. So I'm just excited to get back out there and I get my opportunity. For the record, you know full well this is going to be the same conversation all summer I was – I was poking Danny with last summer when I was like, so Danny, like, you know, get, get, let me know what's going on here sort of thing. Are, are you coming yeah. back? Are you, I know there's some things in its business and so on and so forth. We'll leave it alone, but uh, you, you're always more than welcome here in the purple family. So if you know, if you, if you want, I'm sure the 67, I'm sure the locker is still sitting there ready for you. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Danny, for you, you also, you know, you signed the contract, you're, 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 you're heading Ottawa way sort of thing. How excited are you for the, for that next step sort of thing? I'm super excited. It's definitely going to be a big step. Uh, like Zach said, I've been living in London my whole life. So um, got to get accustomed to being in Ottawa. But I got family out there. So um, make the transition a little easier. And I'll know this year that I'm actually getting my, you know, I'm, I'm jumping in the pool fully, getting fully wet. I guess you could say. I'm not just dipping the toes in to get my taste. But uh, yeah, so it'll be good to finally immerse myself into that lifestyle and, and attack Ottawa. <laughs> If both of you are in the CFL next year, how interesting would that little uh, meeting be at one point? Because it always seems to be that uh, when former Mustangs meet, even if they aren't on the same team, there's always a, a group picture and so on and so forth. And uh, will, will those happen? Or is that that that's definitely a post-game thing because there won't be any conversation beforehand? Oh, I'm definitely going to try to get a, a Danny Valente jersey if I, if I can. If i got to pay 150 bucks for it, I think it's <laughs> I hope I can get a Zach Fry jersey too, but no, I think I think we'll be friendly. Like I'm friendly with all the guys before and after the game, because that's that's really what it's about. It's about the brotherhood and all the, the relationships you make. So when the whistle blows, I'll I'll try to smack uh, Zach in the mouth a little bit. But after the game, it's all love. Uh, how much do you both look forward to being the guys you've seen? who have come back, you know, we, we, we see it year every year on year, guys who move on to the next level. They're back here on a Saturday afternoon to to watch the games, cheer on the guys sort of thing. Uh, I get the feeling knowing both of you and your personalities, you'll, you'll probably be front row center. And if anybody wants to dump any popcorn on a running back, uh, a la Brett Ellerman, uh, feel free. <laughs> Just make sure I've got a photographer that's in the vicinity to get the picture, okay? I got you. <laughs> uh, final words for each of you sort of thing. I know, Zach, it could be a comeback. I'm going to just keep saying it because I'm, you know, holding out hope because, you know, I like you as a person. Um, but, uh, you know, what is the most memorable aspect for you guys uh, from this time in Purple and White? Yeah, I think it's just got to be the guys that I played with these last these last five years, creating a relationship with guys like Danny who, who handed me some work in high school and I never – I'd be friends with, I guess, the defensive side of the ball, but all these guys and, and all the friendships I've made and just all the support from everyone here in, in London, all the Western family and all the coaches for, you know, having me in and, and changing not only me as a football player, but as a person too, and just getting me ready for the next step. I think for me, honestly, I, I agree with Zach. That's the most memorable part is just the relationships we've made, the people we've met. Um, you know, you can't change that. You can't, like that'll last forever, and I know in 20, 30 years we'll still be well, whatever one of us is around. You know, hopefully we're still around. Our bodies aren't too frail, but uh, I know that we'll have a relationship that'll last our lifetimes, and we'll be able to celebrate and drink on all the the good times we had now and in university and all those championships we had. All right, so Danny's got to get back to dinner, and Zach says apparently there's a haircut incoming. I don't know if this was inspired by Danny, but uh, we'll leave that alone. Gentlemen, uh, look forward to seeing the training throughout the summer, and uh, don't be a stranger, all right? Come back and chat anytime you want. 100%. 100%. Thanks, Ryan. Go Mustangs. Thank you, Chris. Thanks.
Joined yet another one of our champions. This will be our most recent championship team, being the Mustangs Rayette team. Uh, Caden joining us. Uh, Caden, for you guys, I know that this has been a pretty good run as of late for the Rayette team. There was a provincial AA championship last year. I know the, the UCC tournament didn't happen, so that was kind of the tournament last year. Uh, for those who don't know, how big of a tournament is the University Challenge Cup when it comes to University Rayette? So the University Challenge Cup is our nationals. So it's the big tournament of the year where all of the teams from across Canada um, come together and play for the title. Um, so we get the opportunity to play against schools like Dalhousie, Lethbridge, Calgary that we don't get to play any other time of the season. Now, this tournament is not just a tournament. This is like probably one of the most grueling tournaments I think of any of our teams have the entire year. You guys had to play how many games in how many days in order to win a championship? So the tournament goes for um, five days and it was, I believe, nine by the end of it. Just just two a days, you know, some people do two a day workouts. You guys just did two a day games sort of thing. So um, yeah. and not only was it two-a-day games, it was pretty dominant two-a-day games because you were also undefeated. So that had to feel pretty good about uh, obviously prepping for that amount of time, but with it going that well. Absolutely. And this season so far, we're undefeated. Um, actually, no, we're not. No, we're not. Um, we only have one loss to Guelph, and that's who we came up against in the finals. Um, and we had a big 10-3 win. So to win by such a margin against the only team that has beat us this season is awesome. It's a huge achievement. Uh, going undefeated in that tournament isn't an easy deal either, though, because as you said, there's there's some big teams from across the country sort of thing. How much is that kind of the feather in the cap, especially for you guys to have that tournament kind of in the middle of the year, and now you go into the second half of the year with kind of that, that upward swing sort of thing? Um, so it is a lot of pressure. Um, like I said, us and Guelph are kind of the two teams all season that have been head-to-head -head winning any competitions that we have been in so far. Uh, we had recently beat them in the Ajax Pickering tournament as well in the finals. Um, and I think that just in general, all the teams, uh, Western and Guelph, we're the two teams that they go in and we're the teams to beat. So it's a lot of pressure to hold on to being undefeated and to maintain um, – sort of our reputation and especially with nationals coming before provincials now that we are the undefeated national champions we're going to be the team that everybody is coming to be at provincials so it is going to be a tough tournament we're going to have to stay diligent talk about this, this group the team of this year sort of thing and you've been around you're a veteran of the team you've seen some some years that have been a little tougher you've seen some teams that years that have gone pretty well how, how good is this team right now for for the for the Mustangs? I would say this is by far the strongest year that we've had. Last year we had a lot of success, but just the record that our team has this year is unprecedented. I, As far as I know, uh, I don't think there has been a season that's been this successful before. We've been really fortunate to pick up a lot of really strong new players. And last year we didn't have a lot of turnover. I believe we only lost um, three or four players and then um, we picked up, for example, Laura Soper on our team, who was on Team Canada Junior in 2019. So we do have the talent coming in, and then we're also maintaining um, the core team, which is awesome. My personal favorite thing to ask all athletes, especially from some sports that people usually don't know enough about, what are the biggest misconceptions on ringette that people don't understand that you'd always, as a ringette player, always kind of going, this part drives me nuts. I wish people knew this. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, there's a lot. I feel like the one thing with ringette is it is um, a smaller sport. Um, and oh, there's a lot of misconceptions. I guess for one, there is a lot of comparison between ringette and hockey. And while we have five players and a goalie, there are a lot of rules and small details that make the games quite a lot different outside of the fact that it's a different stick and it's a ring rather than a puck. Like, we have to pass over the blue lines and we have zones. So we can only have three in our zone um, in each end. And then we can't go in the crease. We don't have face-offs. Like there's, I could go on forever. There's a million differences. I think that's the big thing is everybody just 
kind of associates with it with hockey when it's really not all that similar. <laughs> Uh, going through the rest of the year, I know you guys have uh, so, some, you know, some bigger games, and obviously, as you mentioned, that d- defense of the Double A Championship sort of thing. Uh, how 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 confident are you guys feeling, especially with this rest of the season, and uh, and obviously hoping, I'm sure, to uh, continue to repeat with uh, what was what was done last year and kind of make this the the full circle element this year. Uh, I think given that we're undefeated champions, we have a lot of confidence going into this. Um, the interesting piece of it is that it was an all Ontario final coming up against Guelph. So we definitely need to prepare to take them on again. They are a top competitor. And then we had a close game with Ottawa during UCC. So that's another team that we should be mindful of. But um, honestly, we're, we're just progressing. We're continuously getting to know each other more and more. And you see all this individual talent come and it's slowly gelling. And as it, as we get to know each other more, we just become a stronger unit. And I think if anything, we're just on the upswing still. Awesome. Well, I know you guys have a crazy busy schedule, you know, this, you know, academics and, you know, to trying to get to practice and everything like that. So I uh, appreciate a few minutes of your time and uh, good luck the rest of the way. I'm sure, you know, obviously things have gone well. So maybe we'll catch up again when you win another championship in a few months. Thank you. Thanks for having me.